Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Question I have for you, obviously in the room we have people who are single, maybe dating, married, divorced, um, all different situations, just And the beauty about coming to church, coming to Jesus, is He accepts us as we are, but He doesn't leave us that way. He changes our heart, changes how we think, and leads us to a place which brings life and success, quite frankly. And I think that's what we really all want, but we don't always get there, and we're learning. And so, as I said last week, this is not about condemnation. This is about cultivating a kingdom culture, and if we've made mistakes in the past or we just didn't know any better, well, well, let's get it right the next time. Amen? Can I get an amen? amen. Come on, I need you not to, to get all shy. This is an accepting environment. So, when it comes to dating and marriage, what do you say to yourself? Because often we can think we think things or agree with someone in a conversation, but the real question is, what do you say to yourself about relationships, about marriage, about being single? What are your thoughts? What goes through your mind? What do you accept in your mind? Um, Those things are really important. Some of you might say, for example, I know God is doing a work in me. I know God is uh, convicting me. God God is making me uh, more like Him. And I'm ready for when that person comes if I'm single. But someone else might say, all the good ones are taken. Yeah? Someone else might say, I'll never find someone. (laughs) There's no hope. Uh, Or maybe you've had a rough spot in your marriage. And you might say, I've had a rough spot, but God's good. He's my foundation. And in him I find hope. And because he's good and he's my foundation, I'm firstly satisfied in him. And so therefore, no matter what happens, there will be a way. And I'm not going to just give up at the first hurdle. Or you might say, no matter what I do, it's never enough. I don't feel enough. They aren't enough. So divorce seems to be the only way forward. There's no hope. Let's be honest, some of us have probably thought that. Um, so so are, are we good at encouraging ourselves, or, or do we have certain beliefs at certain points through certain situations and circumstances, maybe we've seen other people go through, that gives us the license to give up, to lose hope? What you say to yourself matters. It dictates the direction in which you're going. But the question is, where did that come from? Why have you believed that? Um, There's two probably main sources, I believe, and what we read in the Scriptures is very clear. You can get from the Heavenly Father, who gives us a language of hope, of faith, of confidence, of freedom, and it's based on truth. Or there's another father, and that's the father of lies that the Bible explains. And he helps us to to think lies, hopelessness, shame, past. We're sinking deep 
will never make it. And so today I want to talk to you about a message called Lies That Destroy Marriage or Relationships. Let's pray. God, we just pray and come before you right now. We come before your holy word. We submit ourselves. God, teach us, convict us, open our eyes to see where we've believed the lie and help us to make that right by aligning with truth. Help me to speak your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. It says in John 8 and 44, talking about the devil, he was a murderer from the beginning. Not holding the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's a liar. Turn to your other neighbor and say, he's a liar. Like you, like you actually mean it. He's a liar. He's a liar. So we're going to talk about four lies that we can so easily believe, and it's so important that we expose them. That's when the Bible talks about confessing uh, our sins to one another. Really what it's talking about is, is exposing, bringing light into the equation so that we can see clearly where we maybe believed wrong, got it wrong. And so we're going to expose some lies, which is then going to protect you as you hold on to truth and sustain you for the future. Oh, here's a quote Craig Rochelle said. Men marry women hoping they won't change. And women marry men hoping they will change. Inevitably, both are disappointed. Don't say amen. Or another quote, opposites attract when dating, opposites, opposites attack when married. I always remember someone saying, uh, a counselor, uh, when they used to counsel couples when they're in relationships and they're all loved up and the problem is they can't keep them apart, if you know what I mean. Like, we're struggling to, with sin. We're so close. And then the counselor was laughing because they give them a few years of marriage and all of a sudden the same people are like at the opposite ends of the sofa. We can't, we can't get together. We're, we're happy apart. Uh, and so it's so true, and it can, it can be a place where we can end up staying if we don't expose the lies. So for another a practical example of what might happen, you're attracted to someone because they're, say, Mr. Chilled. They're nice and relaxed, and you're highly strung as a woman, maybe, uh, and you just like this guy. Just, oh, he helps me to relax, but then you get married, the relationship progresses, and all of a sudden, he never finishes anything. Never, the room's a mess because he's so chilled. So all of a sudden, what attracted you now annoys you. The very thing that you wanted down the road is the very thing you dislike. Or another example, maybe you're looking for a Mrs. Strong. Confident. The problem is down the road, the very thing that the confidence, you respected that, you loved that, down the road is nagging, is controlling, it's pushing you away. You're like, what have I done? The very thing that you wanted has now become the very thing that's a problem. And all, over time, if you're not careful, you can begin wishing for another person as the solution rather than digging deep and figuring out the real problem. 
might say things like, I wish he made me a priority. I wish she wouldn't give all her attention maybe to the kids, to the dog. Guess he just got a puppy. I'm just in the corner now. <laughs> I'm waiting to be put in the, key, the crate. Saturday nights, gone. <laughs> Pressure's off me, but I'm getting lonely. And so I think a big lesson here, and one thing I've seen through other people as I've tried to learn lessons from them rather than just always myself, is that God can change people's hearts. I, I love uh, the Alpha course we were hearing about uh, a guy who came to the Alpha, didn't really want to go to Alpha. His friend invited him, said, there's pizza, not here in England. And his marriage had broken down, and he was content with that, happy with that. They were excited at the start, and then these things happened disconnected, frustrated the life out of each other, and he was living by himself, and then the Alpha Course started to speak some truths out, showed the power of God when we pray, considered that all things are possible with God, nothing's impossible, and started to get convicted, and then spoke to his wife about how great the Alpha Course was, and how God was speaking to him through it, and she challenged him, well, if it's so great, why don't you move back? He did. And they restored their marriage vows, and God done a work through the power of communion with God and His Word and people who were like-minded. And so there's power in prayer. There's power when God changes the heart. It changes our direction. It changes our posture. It changes how we see. Situations which were over get resurrected. Our, our church is called R8 Resurrection Life, it's about not seeing with our temporal mind, but seeing with our spiritual eyes. And so you're maybe in a situation right now and it looks hopeless. Well, I'm telling you, if you connect with God, He's a God of hope. And He leads us to pray. He leads us to, to go so far in the natural and then lay it and put it back in His hands. Can I get an amen? Honestly, I, I don't know if this is a good example, but at nighttime, uh, Anna used to always tell me when we were dating, uh, you know, Phil, I come with a dog. I'm like, well, I come without one. So let's just get that straight from the start. Um, and so we just kind of stayed there and we moved on. We didn't really talk about it too much, but Anna would just, every night we'd be lying in bed beside each other. And I would honestly, I've got, I've got a track record. I would have these puppy videos at least two or three a night, maybe exaggerating, but it felt that way. And I'm sitting right, I'm lying right beside, like, she just kept these wee cute, I'm just a baby, you know, that, that wee Instagram one. <laughs> Everyone calls me a puppy, but my mommy calls me a baby. I heard that so many times, and honestly, after a while, I don't know if she's been praying or what's happening, I started, I couldn't get it out of my mind. And I just thought, you know what, this might actually be good for her and, and, and it really feels like a hole in her life right now. And to the point where I started somehow, I don't know what was wrong with me, I kept looking for puppies <laughs> and different types. And she hasn't known anything. I didn't want to tell her in case she like pounced. And, just, and the next thing I'm leading her to, I don't even, what's going on? I actually was the one that brought her to get the puppy. 
And I can tell you she was praying for it. And I can tell you she wasn't forceful about it because that would have really pushed me away because I would have really been stubborn then. But she just kept mentioning it every so often. And here we are uh, at the start of the week. We bought a puppy. And Anna is obsessed. <laughs> but prayer is powerful. It takes situations and shifts them. There's a softening of my heart in that situation, but there's more serious situations in our life. And God can change people's hearts. And the problem is we we can't. And actually, you know what happens when we try? We actually just harden it more because we're becoming forceful. We're trying to push our priorities, our agendas, our ambition and when we start to do that, it's, that's usually when we start to cross the line of getting in God's way. So God has actually designed us, like we're learning in the Freedom Course, to live a life with boundaries. There's the tree of life in the Garden of Eden was about staying within God's way of doing things with boundaries and not knowing too much Knowing enough, but not too much. And when we try to know it all and control everything, we start to manipulate. And we actually end up in shame. We actually end up in brokenness. We end up running from God because we don't need God. We're trying to be God. And so actually, that's why God said, hey, come to me all who are weary. I'll give you rest. Stop trying to work it all out. Stop trying to... Stop trying to be God. Stop trying to work the job situation and be faithful. Trust, pray, learn, grow, and then open your hand. Trust God is above it all. Trust that if it's for you, it won't go past you. Can I get an amen? It says in James 5 and 16, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Mar marriage is not a marathon. Sorry, marriage is a marathon, it's not a sprint. See, really, if you want better relationships and you want a better marriage, we need to start by making a better you and a better us. Take responsibility. It's so easy to say, oh, I'll never fix them. Well, it wasn't your job. Oh, this will never be, this will never complete me. It was never supposed to. This will never be enough. It's not enough. It never was enough. Yeah, you might have been high on, on, on the hype of, of a relationship at the beginning, the honeymoon phase, but eventually that's not enough. But if, if God is our source and God fills us with his love, then we have the ability to endure, to overcome things which naturally you wouldn't be able to because God, when God is first, He is your source. He is your source. Anyhow, He gave you life. Anyhow, anything you have, if you strip it right back down to the bare bones and the basics came from Him. He gave you the gifts, the talents, the abilities that allowed you to have what you have right now. Anyhow, it says in Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24, Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way 
everlasting. You see, when we start to pray those kind of prayers, we stop focusing on what's not right about someone else or something else or some place. We start to focus on, hey, God, help me, fix me, satisfy me before I go into today, before I go into this week, before I go into this relationship today. God, I want to come before you, search my heart, exposing me areas that I believe lies, exposing me areas where I've tried to find satisfaction where I was never supposed to, exposing me the areas where I've went past your boundaries into the tree of knowledge of good or evil, exposing me the areas where I'm trying to control where I need to step back. And you know how you start to figure some of those things out because sometimes it can be a bit gray? Is you pray and you ask the Holy Spirit, God, give me the eyes to see. Give me a sense that you'll know when you're being controlling. You'll know when you're trying to manipulate. You'll know if you stop looking at the other people, if you stop looking at the other situations, if you stop looking at the other perfect relationships on Instagram, search me, God. I'm going to start focusing on everyone else and everything else. So, First lie is, I can change him or I can change her. Number two, second lie, a good marriage is 50-50. I'll be honest, we fell for this probably a bit. I'm still trying to work my, I'm about 70, about 70 right now. Still working my way up. <laughs> what, what, what was just said there? Um... I guess that was just a, a lie that I believed, and maybe there was fear there. I'm afraid to. Well, she doesn't give it back. You know, what if I, it's just me giving the hundred and I'm getting twenty back here? You know, come on here. I want a fair deal. Well, really, why, why am I believing that? Why do I think that? I'm scared. My my trust is in the person. I, I believe that my my role as a husband is dependent on the person I'm with. Whereas if I start to now navigate from a place of, hey, my role is before God. It's God-given. I'm submitting to His ways. I'm seeking Him first. All of a sudden, it shifts my posture. It shifts my spirit. I'm less offended when I don't get... Because when you go 50-50, I guess what happens is you're counting. Hey, you're only 40 this week. The week before you were 10, I'm going down. I'm, I'm reducing my commitment or my sacrifice levels to your levels. And, and how, how does that end? It doesn't, that's not going to go well. It hasn't went well when I've had that mentality. And so let's look at what Jesus set the example with in Ephesians 5 and 25. He said, husbands... Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and give himself up for her. So how did Christ love the church? He gave him his whole self. He actually gave his life all up as a sacrifice on the cross. That's my example. That's our example that when we go into relationship, it's not 50-50, it's 100-100. 
I guess the question is, if you went a hundred, a hundred, I know some people say that, go a hundred, mate. Go a hundred. Time to do it in like a morpha. And I'll say that. But what would happen if you went a hundred? I'm still saying it. I'm used to some of my mates. Go a hundred, boss. Boss, go a hundred. hundred, mate. hundred. What would happen if you went a hundred? Or if you went 50? What, what, what do you think the difference would be in a relationship? If Jesus went a, a 50, a halfway, would we have salvation? No. Would we have a promise? No. Would we have a church? No. Would he be a savior? No. But he didn't go 50, he went 100. See, the devil is a liar, and the devil says marriage is 50-50. Number three, this one little thing isn't a big thing. These are probably the things which destroy all kinds of relationships, friendships, and particularly marriages. This one thing isn't a big thing. See, sin grows best in the dark. It's not a big thing. They don't need to know about it. But righteousness grows in the light. And so what, what you can start to believe is, hey, I, I know, I'm known kind of scrolling through TikTok and I'm looking at a few things there, but probably wouldn't approve of that, but it's not a big thing. I'll manage it. Just keep it myself. And I think it's, the problem isn't the small thing. It, the problem is when the small thing compounds and becomes a big thing. And that's why the devil is, the devil is a liar. Because he's smart and he gets us in the small things and we start, to, we start to throw a blind eye over the small thing. And then the small thing compounds. And before we know it, the small thing has become a big thing. All of a sudden, that, that small crit, critique evolves into a critical spirit. It becomes who we are. Or we're looking back at old relationships and the dysfunction of it, and, and we're, we're replaying it in our mind. It's just a small thing. It's not really affecting me that much, but it becomes a big thing. We start to believe differently and see differently, or, or maybe as, as we start to pay attention at work to someone else, or, or have a small conversation with somebody, it's just a small thing. But all of a sudden it grows and becomes a big thing. And so the devil lies to us when he says, It's just a small thing. When the Bible says, No, confess. Every sin, not, not to hurt you, not because God's mad at you, to keep you free from the power of sin and slavery in your life, to protect your relationships. See, if you have secret sin in your life and you have the courage to confess it, you can defeat it. You will defeat it. But it, it does take courage. 
Another thing I kind of learned as I was doing some of this research, and this was really good. Sometimes if you're in a relationship, the reason you don't want to confess it is because you're afraid of hurting the other person. Because when you confess it, they're going, to, you're, they're going to get mad here. And that's what puts us off and keeps us in the dark. And so let's remember as we confess to one another that the most progressive and protective thing your spouse can do is confess. Because if we can get it when it's small, it'll never become big. And the enemy will never get what the Bible talks about, a stronghold. Get a foot in. I love this saying. Sin takes you further than you want to go, costs you more than you want to pay, and keeps you longer than you want to stay. Come on, I'm sure there's some people in here who are like, yes. When I've done things my own way, it's cost me dearly. It's wasted so much time. It's kept me there so long, way longer than I wanted to stay. And it's brought me to, to, to levels way further than I ever expected or thought it would ever go just by that little. It's not a big thing. It's just a small thing. I'll just, I'll just deal with it myself. Listen, don't play games with sin. It's dangerous. The Bible talks about sin and it says run. It says flee. Confess. That's why we want to have a culture. That's, what, that's why we can't really as a church afford to have a judgmental culture. Because when we have a judgmental culture, it's the same thing that happens in that relationship. I, I don't want to confess it because they'll look down upon me now. What if we started to champion confession? So thank you. Thank you, for thank you for having the guts to share that. That was hard. Do it again. I'm here for you. I'm not thinking through the filter of, I can't believe them. I'm thinking through the filter of, well done. You're breaking free. The devil is losing grip on the church. The devil is losing grip on your life. The devil is now losing grip on your family. Well done. Keep confessing. Keep coming back to me and we'll keep doing work. That's what the freedom course is about. What, what are we doing? We're, we're laying down the word, the truth. Why? Because the truth breaks people free. And then we're saying, hey, allow the Holy Spirit to convict you. Come up for prayer and confess. And as we confess, freedom comes. And as you go home, you continue to confess. Continue to be self-aware. And what that will do? Protect your relationships. Protect your purpose. Protect your destiny. Protect it all. But it comes at the cost of having the guts to confess. And that's why we want to have an environment which is judgment-free. Because I don't know about you, but when I pray for people, I'm just thinking if they confess, I'm like, I'm not surprised. <laughs> like, don't be afraid that I'm going to be surprised. I'll never be surprised. Because we all can fall, I've fallen into some of these things before. The Bible's, the whole point of the scriptures is to help us understand this is what sin looks like and this is how you get out. And so I'm not surprised, but let's, let's not be afraid of confession. I'm not going to look, what, what did Jesus do with the woman caught in adultery? Everyone's trying to cast stones. He's like, I'm not surprised, but 
You're accepted. I love you. Allow my love to complete you and go sin no more. But he backed her up when the judgment came. He says, those who have not sinned, cast the first stone. And it's funny, it says the oldest went first. <laughs> Why? I believe the oldest went first because they realized, Philip, I'm, they remembered so many scenarios in their life where they'd sinned. And they, they had more opportunity. They're like, Philip, I'm definitely out. If that's the... If that's how we're kind of ranking this thing. And so what if we had that same posture? We, you know what would happen? We wouldn't judge people. And we would help them align with truth. Number four. There is no hope. Listen, I want to acknowledge that a ton of us in here, all of us have been living at all. I've went through pain. I've went through things that shouldn't have happened. Went through things that weren't fair in a way. Maybe you're in a relationship or in a marriage and, you know, at the end of the day, if the other person doesn't want to work at it, what do you do? And so it doesn't seem like, I want to fix this, but they're not willing. They believe the lie or they're going down a different path or they've committed adultery, whatever it is. So it's a lot of pain to process. And the problem is if we process it our own way, that gets us into more trouble because now we have a wound. And if we don't get healed up from that wound, somehow, some way, in a weird fashion, it passes itself on. <laughs> it pops up in all kinds of scenarios in our life. And so we have to get healed up. And how we get healed up is we get freed up through truth. And that's why I, I, I'm, I'll say this to the day I die, that when someone has wronged you or something has went wrong and you're fighting bitterness rising up, you, you, you can't listen to your emotions. You have to do the Scripture. You have to actually obey it. Don't wait for emotions. Let emotions follow. And just if the Bible says you bless your enemies, you bless your enemies. That's how you get free. Don't repay evil with evil. Don't get involved in that game. You're thinking through a different filter. And when you start to obey that, that's when I started to break free from some of the bitterness that I held. It took me, in one scenario, a good 10 years <laughs> until I'm a bit you know, slow that way. <laughs> no one else in here is like that, of course. But once I started to figure that out and realized, whoa, God's principles, when applied, work. Um, and so, so when you think there's no hope, you've got to look at the scriptures when Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. So it's a lie to believe that there's no hope. So if you're telling yourself that, you have to get to a place where I, you're, you're going to say, no, there is hope. God, you can do great works. You will do great works in my life. I believe you at your word, and now I'm experiencing hope. No matter what it looks like, Anna had no hope for years. No hope, no puppy, no chance. That was my words. And here we are. <laughs> so even though it looks like it's a hard shell in front of you, a hard wall, impossible, breakthrough is always possible. See, so many potential relationships are being destroyed because of lies. 
that we have believed. That we have, when we believe it, then we receive it. And we receive it, then it starts to, to give us a filter of how we see life and, and, and how we approach life and how we approach people. And so that's why we end up saying there's no good ones out there for me. That's a lie. There's billions of people on the earth today. There's loads of options. That's, that's a lie. But if you have that filter, guess what happens? And there's no good ones out there for me. You don't look. And you certainly probably don't even change because you're spending so much time bitter, mad at the world, mad at situations that you don't have time. You don't even have the desire to, to work on yourself. And, and hey, I remember there was a scenario where I felt hurt, bitter, mad. Those emotions that I just initially had. And I realized as I was going into a new season, I remember somebody telling me this, and I thought this was great. How you leave one season in your life determines how you enter the next. And I just realized if I don't do the work here, and I don't dig deep and start to apply the scripture, I'm going to go into the next season bitter, angry, mad. And because of that, that becomes my filter. When that becomes my filter, then I, I make choices aligning with that filter. So I said, I've got to leave this season free. I've got to leave this season blessing my enemies, forgiving those people in my past, and starting to be humble enough to look at what I've done wrong and where I can get better. And if I do that, I'm walking into the next season not just free, better, with more ability, with faith, with hope, but also experience. And that's a powerful combination. And that's why I see the Bible says you go from glory to glory. It really just means you get knocked down, you get back up, you learn from it, and do the same. That, that's what growth, let's be honest, looks like. In every scenario on this earth. But the righteous will fall seven times and get up every time. So, how do we recover? We, we've got to try to identify what lies we have believed against God's word. We have to start thinking, hey, what am I thinking? What have I believed? What am I saying to my friends? Who am I hanging about with? Who you're with is where you're going. And often, who you're with align with your beliefs. They align with your beliefs and your thinking. That's why you're with them, most likely. Maybe you're single and you're not married. And you're maybe you've been telling yourself, I'm not complete. Because somehow, some way, you've believed the narrative that you have to be married to be complete. That's a lie. You've got to say, no, that's not true. Oh, Jesus was single. Paul was single. All these people throughout Scripture were single, and they never spoke about being incomplete. They actually said it was better to be single for the sake of the gospel. And so you've got to start telling yourself, no, I, no, I'm complete. God, use me right now, right here, in this season. Life is short. Use me to change people's story. God, you've put gifts inside of me. Help me to unlock those gifts and to touch people's lives. Maybe you've said, there's no one, there's no one out there good for me. It's a lie. Maybe you've said this. I probably said this, if I'm honest, in a, in a way. Um, 
God's going to punish me for what I did. In other words, shame. If I'm honest, that, that held me for a good while. I knew that I hadn't done things fully God's way over the years. And I just had this weird subconscious belief that oh, I'm, I'm going to have to pay for that. And in one way, I, the payment w- wasn't punishment. The payment was humility. I have to humble myself and actually just decide to get better. That was the payment. But it wasn't that God was out to try and get me. And that shame that pushed me away from bringing it before God and trusting God. Really, it was a trust problem. I didn't really trust God's way. I thought I could figure it out. And I was just, I didn't want to be vulnerable. But when I did, and I started to focus on myself in a way where I, hey, God, what have I done? And even asking the Holy Spirit, praying with someone in the freedom course after, and they just told me a scenario of how they were frustrated in a certain way and at work or whatever. And I says, well, you kind of don't know in your mind at the forefront of your mind, let's pray. Let's just ask the Holy Spirit. We ask the Holy Spirit. I'm not even kidding. Within half a second, I know what it is. <laughs> and it was something to do with money. And we just prayed about it and aligned with the truth of the Bible and shoo, lifted freedom. But it had to be, had to be confession. had to be vulnerability. And there had to be relationship with God. And it's powerful. It's powerful. See, what the devil meant for evil, God always uses for good. That's why God's always telling us, hey, if you put me first, (laughs) freedom is a byproduct. If you put me first, provision and all the fears that you had about these things that you wanted, they'll come anyhow. But, But the problem is you're getting in the way. The problem is you think your way is better than God's. And it's getting you into trouble. Really, that's what this whole relationship goal series is about, is trying to get people back into line with God's ways and have an intimate relationship with Him where they actually trust Him to guide them and walk in His ways. Another lie you might have believed is God can't change me. Lie. He can absolutely change you or I can't perform enough for God. That's a lie. You're not supposed to perform for God. What Jesus done on the cross was enough. God wants you to go at the pace of grace. God wants you to go at the pace of any relationship. And sometimes and most of the time that's slow. It's slow enough for you to listen. If you can't listen, you're going too quick. Slow and steady. Maybe... You've even thought, I can't live like a Christian. I can't live that. That's a lie. Who told you? What happened in the Garden of Eden when they'd done things their own way? Was they ran from God and God's like, well, hey, and they were naked and they were afraid and they, were, they had shame. God was like, hey, who told you that this was a deal? Who told you this was a problem? And that's our problem often is what are you telling yourself? How are you lying to yourself? So four four lies. I can change him or her. A good marriage is 50-50. The little one thing isn't a big thing. There is no hope. So let me say that a different way. I can't change him 
or her or this situation, but God can. Can I get an amen? A good marriage is 100% all in laying down your life to serve one another. And as I do that, I have to do it whilst trusting that God will look after me as I do things His way. Every thought, everything that I think matters. And when I expose the lies, the small lies, I get the big lies. But when we bring light into darkness, the darkness is exposed and freedom is protected. And lastly, there is hope. God is a God of hope, no matter what it looks like on the exterior, no matter how hard the heart looks, nothing is impossible with God, that's a fact. He can bring dead bones, He can bring the the dirt off the ground and make it into something. He can put skin onto bones, flesh onto bones, air into lungs. He can create a body to function in the most extravagant way where we're still trying to work it all out. And we still aren't there. I love it when, when the astronomers, are, they look into the galaxies of the universe and every time they get a bigger telescope and they think they've come to the end of the line, they think they've come to the limit of creation, all they find it is that there was more than they once thought there was before. <laughs> what does that tell us? That God is so much bigger than our capacity to understand. We'll never reach a place where we're on par with God, so let's not try to compete. And let's begin to surrender and to trust and to actually just receive His love He calls himself a father. He sent a son, a child, his beloved, to die, to deal with our issues, to set us free. And then he sent another helper, the Holy Spirit, to journey with us. You're not alone. Don't think you're alone, that's a lie. Don't think there's no hope, that's a lie. Don't think you don't have the ability with God's help to expose and confess issues. Don't think it's over when it's not. Let's go ahead and pray. Maybe you're in here and you're you're saying, Phil, I believe some lies. I believe some things which I don't even know where I got them from. Maybe culture, I, I, I don't even have to figure it out, but, but I'm going to start believing some truth in these, these areas. I just want to ask you to respond to that. Every head bowed and eye closed. If that's you and you're saying today, I'm making a decision to put some lies to rest. I'm going to choose truth. I don't know what that is, but between you and God, if head bowed and eye closed, I'd love to pray for you. Just go ahead and raise your hand right now as a response as a declaration of freedom, as a declaration of restoration. It's a humble place. Amen. Amen. I see all those hands. 
as a decision to say the enemy is not going to steal any longer. I'm going to rely less on my feelings and more on truth. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.